0: Hi, you're listening to Create English on Ripollet Radio with Gabor Ligradi in April 2023. As the host of this program, I try and help learners to improve their English, learners who have a clear idea why they're learning English and what they need it for. And in this program, I talk about some tips, I talk about ways to improve your English on your own or with the help of a teacher as well. Today we're going to talk about what progress in learning means and how to measure it. We're going to talk about what driving a car and learning English have to do with each other. And then uh, what improvisation means in speaking. So how do we really and actually speak when we have conversations? Okay, so first I'd like to talk about what is learning and what is progress in learning. Because everybody wants to advance right in English so you're learning English for a reason you want to improve so 99% of the people who you know contact me and just say you know I want to improve my English great Uh, but what does that mean what do you need English for the first thing you need to get clear is what you need English for Now, if you love the language, if you love English for the language itself, then that's kind of a different thing. I don't know, you want to learn it, you want to read books, you want to watch films. That is a reason, but that's kind of a different um, angle. Because um, when you do it for a professional reason, you need to get more specific about what you want. Because your time is limited. You're a busy person, you know, you have your business... You have your work and uh, you only have so much time for English. So you need to know what you need English for. That's the the first thing you need to get clear on. If you don't know what you want, you won't be able to measure your progress. There is no progress if there is no destination. So improving like knowing more vocabulary or you know understanding a, a new grammar point etc is just a difference it's more than before but more is not progress progress is more towards a specific goal because if you get to the goal then you will be able to know how much you have achieved and maybe you haven't fully achieved all the goal points you know that you wanted but you can measure then a from to i started here i want to get there when i get there or close i will be able to know how much i have achieved based on my original plan now this is quite a simple thing but most people miss it. Most people miss this point. And then they don't understand why they kind of give up or they just don't feel there's any progress. Yeah, you know, you know I'm learning. Yeah, I know this. I know that. I go to class, etc. But then where's my progress? So this is one of the main reasons. And I would say this is the main reason, actually. So once you know where you're going, you will be able to see if you're getting there. Just a very simple example, like if you're in a room and you're, your goal is to walk up to the door and open the door. This is your goal. So you stand up from the chair and start walking towards the door. As you're getting closer, you can say that you're progressing. And when you get to the door, then you have achieved your goal. Nice. Nice. In comparison, if you just walk about in the room, but you don't know where you're going, then you can't say you have progressed. You have been walking, yeah. Maybe miles, (laughs) you know, around in the room, around the table. But where are you going? There's no progress. Yeah, you have done some exercise, okay. But what did you want? Did you want anything? If you want to open the door, it's something very specific. If you're just walking about, well, that's nice. Maybe have you enjoy it, that's great. But you know, for progress you need a direction. A from to. So make that clear first, and then you will be able to measure it. And if you're able to measure it, it will keep you more motivated because you will see small achievements. This is actually the first thing that we work out with my clients and my students. And based on that, we work out a roadmap, how to get there. So I totally understand how frustrating it can be that you start a course with enthusiasm and then your motivation starts dropping. Uh, if, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, that can happen. Now, Of course, as I said, if you enjoy going to classes because you really like the language itself and that's it, then it's a different story. But when you're, um, you know, when you're a busy business person and just uh, want to improve English for, you know, in a short amount of time or as fast as you can, then you need a plan. Now, a related thing is um, uh, we talked about this before. I talked about this before. Shyness, you know, when you're when you lack self-confidence. Now, of course, confidence in speaking comes from small achievements. Um, so when you feel backed up by your progress, even if it's just small steps, you know, baby steps. Now, how do you get those baby steps? How do you advance step by step when you need a practical way and you need to practice? Uh, and we always say practice, practice. What, what does practice mean? Well, practice can mean several things. There's individual practice and then there's like real life practice. Um, and you really need um, to find the opportunities to use English if you are in business. For example, like if you're a company working at a company um, and you don't really use English, then it's going to be difficult to you know improve if you're just doing a few classes, um, maybe a class or two a week. but there's there's not no practical use of English. Um, you're not going to improve a lot, in my opinion, or in my experience, that's not really what's going to pull you towards using and wanting to use English. Uh, because there's no real, you know, um, terrain to, to try the things out that you have, you know, learned in class. Just think about it, like, you know, get, you get your driving license, like you take the course, you do the practice, and you get your license. Great, but you never use your car. What's the point? You know, Are you going to be a driver if you don't drive a car, even though you have the license? So the same thing. Mm, especially when you're professional at a company, working at a company, uh, or you have a business, you need to use English. And you need to find as many opportunities as you can to use what you have learned. Because it's going to build your confidence. You don't feel confident, but you need to take a small step to try it out. And then with that, you will get a bit more confident. And then this is like a self-feeding cycle, you know. Now, of course, um, there are techniques uh, which will help you to engage in conversations, even with a lower level of English and confidence. There are ways to be in a conversation actively uh, without talking too much. And um, this is actually um, what I really like and enjoy working on uh, because uh, because this really helps you know, learners to, um, to take that step and say, okay, um, I'm going to go ahead and there's this company dinner and I'm going to walk up to that person and I'm going to just small talk, which is not an easy thing to do. Uh, but it can be made much easier with the right techniques, and um, and it's important because because uh, when you're a business person, you need to learn how to small talk as well, right? You know, you don't always talk about business. You, you just talk about at a company dinner. Just uh, think about it. Or there's an invitation. There's a, there's a business dinner, whatever. You don't talk about business all the time. You talk about other things. You talk about sport, you talk about culture, you talk about the city, you talk about traveling, whatever, you know, these are not easy to do uh, in English or in a a foreign language, if you don't know how to do it, and if you have not lived, you know, in an English-speaking country, because uh, when you live in an English-speaking country, you learn these conversational uh, bits and these uh, phrases, the typical conversation, marker, phrases that Help you to be more fluent. Because, yes, in speaking, fluency also means using just uh, superficial and almost like empty words that are there to help you um, to, well, to think basically what's next, or just to show interest and and all these little bits that I have talked about before, which are part of small talk. Now, uh, back to how this is connected to your progress and motivation. So what I'm saying is my point is here to uh, encourage you to to engage in conversations as soon as you can and just grab any opportunity. If there's just a visitor coming to your company or if you're a student and there's a student exchange at school, whatever, um, you know, make the effort to uh, have a conversation Because that is going to give you the real feedback where you are and how well you are doing, and how well you are using the things that you have learned and practiced in class. So uh, just think about it you don't have to drive on the highway right away when you get your license, right? I mean, first you just uh, maybe grab the car and just get it out of the garage and leave it out in front of the house, and then in the afternoon, you just drive it back to the garage. Okay. But this still involves driving. I mean, you need to, you know, handle the pedals, you need to steer the wheel, you need to look into the mirror, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So you need to feel the car anyway, how it moves. So so you're learning with that. So, so don't wait for the big opportunity, because it's much better to get ready for that through small Practice conversations. We're talking about language learning, of course. But I just uh, brought in the um, uh, this, you know, uh, example of driving because I think it's related. Driving is a practical thing. It's a skill. You need to feel the car to become a fluent driver. Is like to become a fluent speaker because when you're driving, you there's so many things that are automated, which you don't do because your brain already controls all those little. The sounds, the movement, you know, the noises, the the whatever is, you know, of course, (laughs) what you see in front of you, and all the all the things happening in the city on the road. So all this is your brain processes it, and and you just you're just um, uh, controlling what you really need to control, and the rest is just happening because you are uh, trained and skilled. Now, when you're speaking, all the um, the language elements that you need for small talk, for example, that you need to practice first in a more, you know, uh, controlled way, they will become second nature, they will just become automated. And, uh, and with that, your fluency will improve. Now, uh, okay, I've been rambling a little bit, I think, um, my starting point was progress. So what is progress? And how do you measure progress? But all these things are kind of related, you know. And to sum up, uh, for progress, you need to determine a goal so you can measure it. And on the way, grab any opportunity or every opportunity you can to try out what you have learned in class or if you're a self learner on your own, um, because this is going to build, uh, you know, add little um, building blocks to your confidence. And with that, you will be able to speak more, and that will give you more confidence, and then speak more, etc. And yeah, I just brought in the example of driving because because I think that's that relates um, nicely. So anyway, let's let's move on. Now I'll I'd like to talk about what um, I would say is called improvisation or improvisation in speaking, and this is related, of course. This means the freedom that you have. Uh, in speech that allows you to speak about anything in any order, jumping from one idea to another, jumping from the past to the future and the present. So like the complete freedom of uh, expressing your ideas um, which you can do in your first language easily, but is much harder in a second language or a foreign language. And so when a student says you know, I'd like to have that freedom. I'd like to be able to improvise and just say whatever I want anytime and talk about topics, you know, freely, without having to look for words and uh, you know stop and, and I just um, I don't know how to express something or or look for alternative ways of saying things because I don't remember some vocabulary or whatever and uh, or I'm not sure of the grammar. Now, the thing is that. Uh, it's. I mean, you you can achieve a lot of that, but I think it's important to also acknowledge that um, in your first language, even though you think you improvise, um, I'm not that convinced that that's how we actually speak. Uh, I think we speak using a lot of patterns that we have been using over time. And we just uh, work with these patches and patterns. So we don't really improvise in the sense that, uh, I mean, our ideas, what we want to say, like we went to a place and traveled to a place. This is of course unique. Um, so let's suppose, I don't know, you went to the Canary Islands and I haven't been to the Canary Islands. So so I have no experience there, but you have been there. So you're gonna talk about your um, experiences and uh, what you have seen there, what you did there, what you ate, what you liked, what you didn't like. This is unique. But the way you're going to talk about it is not that unique, in my opinion. Why? Because the expressions you're going to be using and the filler expressions are universally used in your language. So if you talk about traveling, or if you talk about a film or if you talk about cooking, or if you talk about sport. um, The vocabulary will be different, of course, and the concepts and the ideas will be different, but the language that connects that uh, is going to have a lot of patterns, even in thinking, but also in terms of expressions, of course. So what does this mean? Are we really spontaneous when we're speaking in our first language? I would say, as far as language is concerned, many times we are not fully spontaneous. We are using language patterns, forms, expressions that we connect to our ideas. Our ideas are original or unique to to ourselves, but, um, but the language we use and the language forms appear and reappear in other convers- conversations as well. So so what I mean here, and of course, I mean, this might again sound like, okay, come on, this is so obvious. Well, it's obvious. You're listening to Create English on Riboyot Radio with Gabor Ligradi. I'm an English language teacher and a coach, and I help learners to improve their English. And for details and notes about this program... Check out createenglish.com slash podcast and look for today's episode, which is the April episode in 2023. Createenglish.com, just like the name of the program. I'll actually put the link below as well. So, the idea that I would like to close this part with is that because we don't really improvise when we speak, other than our ideas usually. But the typical conversational forms are not created on the spot, real time. They are existing forms. Um, the, the same, for the same reason, what you're going to need is to practice language patterns and patches in English as well. So, small portions of conversations, learning small portions of conversations, were, is going to help you a lot to bring them up when you need them. And you you will just um, need to replace the information content, but the language forms will be there. And this is what uh, students find maybe most surprising. Uh, First, like, what, you know, do do I need to learn, memorize things? Yes, of course. This is exactly what you did when you were growing up and learning your first language. Uh, You memorized a lot of things. You just did it in a different way. Uh, you know, we, we believe we learn in a natural way. Well, what does natural mean? Natural simply means, um, it doesn't mean you don't make an effort. There's a lot of effort in learning one's mother language. There is a lot of effort that uh, we, as we grow, we put into learning. We just don't realize because it's all day. You know, we're exposed to our first language the whole day, but it takes effort. It takes effort to think It takes effort to express yourself. It takes effort to remember those language forms. Just because you do it a lot more in your first language, that's the reason why you reach fluency. And that's the fluency level you would like to have in English. But if you don't live in an English-speaking country, what can you do? Well, then you need to artificially... Yes, on your own, you need to learn and memorize certain conversation parts now of course there are different ways and fun ways of memorizing it doesn't have to be tedious and you know uh, tiring but of course you need to put the effort into it Uh, it, without that it doesn't work Um, so i i really enjoy this part that i work with uh, with my students and clients because uh, you know you can do it in a fun way and uh, these are small conversation parts that with time will appear in your memory in a natural way. And you will just, all you need to do is replace the information content. That is, you know, um, what I'm just saying, you know, you mean, I mean, you know what I mean. Even words like, um, uh uh-huh, really. So all these bits are there for a reason. They are there to show interest and they are there to give fluency to speaking. Uh, by the way, just observe next time you're talking to your friends how many of these you are using in your first language. You will be surprised, okay? And what would happen if you didn't use them? How different the conversation would be? Uh, you know, so when you master these in English, you will be at a different level of fluency. Now, of course, this doesn't mean you you just want to say empty words and superficial, <laughs> no meaning. Um, no, the content will be there. But because in conversational English, and we're talking about that now, you need to use these forms. If you don't use them, you will sound too formal and you may even sound just not fluent, you know. So pay attention how this works and and practice these small bits, they're going to make a difference. And um, this is one thing, the second thing, of course, which is, I mean, this is not the complete picture. You also need grammar, yes, of course, but grammar also should be learned and practiced in bigger chunks and forms. Of course, understanding what grammar is, is important. But when you understand something is, um, you know, it's, it's, it's great. And it's necessary for adult learners to understand what you're saying and why you're saying it. We adults, as learners, want to know what we're doing and why we're doing it. And so it's important to understand grammar. But there's no time. There's no time for analyzing grammar in conversation. In a conversation. You might need to do it once or twice. That's okay. Even native speakers sometimes have to stop and think like, okay, hmm. Um, Uh, how do you say that what you know (laughs) so you might find a language situation where you need to stop and think but but you can't do that all the time you need to be prepared for that so how can you be prepared again uh, by practicing uh, grammar in bigger forms like really um, including in your conversation practice and memorization practice Uh, The forms that you that conversations use, uh, talking about the past, present perfect use, um, talking about plans, future forms, etc. So using those and memorizing them together, you know the subject, the verb, and all that together. Don't learn, uh, you know, grammar separately. Like like I need I need the auxiliary do to ask questions. Like do you have? No, that's that, that is just going to ruin your fluency. Learn the whole form together. Short answers, yes I can, no I can't, yes I do, no I don't, yes they are, no they aren't, uh, et etc et cetera. So these must be practiced as chunks, not separate grammar components, you know. And just think about performing arts, okay? This is again similar to speaking. So when you're an actor or actress or a singer, so, take singers for example. You go on stage, which is similar to when you're speaking. Okay. So, when you are in a conversation, you are talking to people, or when you're giving a presentation, or when you're, um, you know, uh, in a, in a business meeting. It doesn't matter. When you are in real life conversations, you are talking to people, and you want to convey a message, and you want to understand what they want to say. So you want to exchange information and ideas. This is your primary goal. Now, everybody's time is precious. So what you don't want is to spend too much time thinking because you are going to make your listeners tired. They're just going to switch off and, you know, start thinking about other things. Um, So what you want is communication. And there's no time for thinking about the details there. Just like a singer goes on stage, there's no time to think about the technique. When you are a singer, your homework is to practice before the concert. You need to get ready before the concert, you need to work on your technique, you need to learn the lyrics, you need to learn the parts, you need to learn the movements if you dance, you need to do all that in the rehearsal phase. So when you're on stage, your number one and only task is to entertain, educate, teach, whatever your songs are about. So that's what the people are there for. They don't care about your technique. They care about emotions. They need to take something home. That's why they go to a concert. And. Why people go to a meeting, why people go to a presentation, because they want to take some knowledge home. So, your number one goal is to com- communicate that to them, to transmit the message, okay? To speak to them so they, which can, in a way that conveys meaning. And you need to do that. And the techniques support you. But those techniques and vocabulary and grammar must be learned and practiced previously. So this is similar to when you're talking to someone in a conversation, and when you're uh, part in a part of a conversation. So don't worry about grammar and this and that when you are speaking to people. Speak to them. That's what you want. That's what you are there for. And if you have doubts about grammar and vocabulary, well, just do it as part of your homework and get ready and get ready for the next conversation or the next. Presentation or the next business meeting or whatever it is, but that's your homework. Uh, when you are in the conversation, don't worry about that because people want to speak to you, not to a learner. Um, I mean, they might ask you. There are people who might be asking you like, "Yo, oh, where did you learn English? You know, your English is pretty good, etc." But that's kind of like about that, and then there's just conversation and you know, talking and chatting. So, uh, in summary. If you expect to improve in English just by going to class and not doing your homework, practicing, no, you're missing out a lot of things. So in summary, we talked about progress today. Progress, remember, for progress you need to set a goal. You need to know where you're going. Second, we talked about how learning languages in English is similar to driving a car. And it's a skill, you need to Get things automated. uh, Think about that. And the third thing is conversations. How they are similar to a performance on stage, uh, and what you do at home when you prepare, and what you worry about and not worry about during a conversation. The most important thing is communicating your ideas to people. Uh, Okay. So, thanks for listening. This was Create English in April, 2023. My name is Gabor. Remember, you can check the notes for this program at createenglish.com slash podcast keep working on your English, keep using my tips if you like them if you have any questions get in touch and I'll try and answer your questions in the program thanks again bye now